Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. It's time for Lombardi Memories. So it takes you back in time, in January or February, to the greatest one-day spectacle in all of sports. We have finished reviewing the first 50 Super Bowls, so now I'm going to expound on one big moment in Super Bowl history and dissect it. Perhaps you learned something you didn't learn from my original podcast on said Super Bowl. So... Today, we are going to talk about the second quarter of Super Bowl XXII between the Washington Redskins and the Denver Broncos. This game is well known for being a blowout, but it was also the biggest comeback, or tied for the biggest comeback, in Super Bowl history for the first 50 seasons. Let's set the scene. The Broncos scored on their first play from scrimmage in the first quarter, as quarterback John Elway hit receiver Ricky Natio for a 56-yard touchdown. The Broncos then got a 24-yard field goal from kicker Rich Carlos, and they led 10-0. They got possession of the ball again late in the first quarter, and they stood on the Washington 42 as the second quarter began, with 2nd and 10 and the chance of blowing this game wide open. Meanwhile, the Redskins were in trouble. They had fumbled on a kickoff and got lucky to recover their own fumble. And then their starting quarterback, Doug Williams, had gotten injured, and Jay Schrader had to come in and replace him. Now they faced a Broncos team that was ready to go up by three scores. And keep in mind, the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history at the time was just seven points. So no team had ever come back from even a two-score deficit to win the Super Bowl, although Dallas came awfully close in Super Bowl X, which is what we talked about last time. They almost came back from down 11 points, 21 to 10. Redskins are facing long odds, though. They're down 10 nothing, And now the Broncos have the chance. They're going to have the chance to pile on with second and 10. Elway throws too low for Natio. That's incomplete third down. Now, in this play, it's third down and 10. The Redskins jump offside. Elway has a free play. He gets sacked. That doesn't matter. But now he's got third and five. So now he tries a shovel pass to running back Tony Bodie, who drops it. This play might be one of the least recognized important plays in Super Bowl history. In fact, it's so uh, unrecognized that I forgot about it the first time I did a podcast on this Super Bowl. So Bodie's able to catch that screen pass and pick up five yards. The Broncos likely score again and go up at least 13 nothing. 
it would have been a totally different game, no matter whether it was 13-0 or 17-0. But he drops it, and now it's 4th and 5. Now, this is where Broncos head coach Dan Reeves chickened out. The ball's on the Washington 37. Sure, field goal tries 54, 55 yards, probably too far for Carlos. But you only need five yards. And you lost the previous Super Bowl in an avalanche. Now is not the time to be playing field position. Gamble. Go for it. Well, he punts, and you can guess what happens next. The ball goes into the end zone for a touchback. So Denver picked up a whopping 17 yards on the play. The only thing that could be worse for Denver is what happens next. Williams is back in the game, and on his first play, head coach Joe Gibbs doesn't hold back the way Reeves just did, so he has him go for the long bomb. Williams goes back the pass and launches one down the right sideline for receiver Ricky Sanders. He beats defensive back Mark Haynes badly, and that is an 80-yard touchdown tying the Super Bowl record set by Jim Plunkett to Kenny King in Super Bowl 15 for the longest pass in Super Bowl history, and it would remain a record until Antonio Freeman broke it in Super Bowl 31. The Redskins pull within three. Okay, so now the question is, can Denver come back? Can they bounce back from this setback? Well, here's the next three plays. You got a three-yard run by running back Gene Lang, then an incompletion off running back Sammy Winder's hands, and then an incompletion off Washington linebacker Monty Coleman's hands. Coleman got one paw on it, but couldn't come down with the catch. So, you know, if he does, well, it probably doesn't make a big difference whether he did or not, because the Broncos have the punt. So, now Williams starts at his own 36. He throws over in the middle the tight end Don Warren, that gets nine yards. Not bad. Now running back Timmy Smith follows Warren's block up the middle. Goes for 19 yards on a trap play. Okay, so Smith gets stopped in the next play for no gain. And running back Kelvin Bryant gets a turn. He has literally two offensive linemen fall down right in front of him, leaving him dead to rights for a loss. But he instead, he makes it out to his left, gets six yards. This makes things reasonable for Williams on third down. But Williams doesn't play safe at all. He goes deep to receiver Gary Clark. And he makes a diving catch on the right, uh, left sideline left side for a 27-yard touchdown. And the Redskins now have the lead 14-10. to 10. Now, the misconception might be that Denver instantly folds. They don't. Actually, they move the ball quite well in this next drive. They get a couple of first downs, move the ball to the Washington 26, but they get stopped there. And then Carlos misses a 43-yard field goal wide to the left. Within two plays, this game is over. Williams hits a wide-open Clark over the middle for 16 yards. Then Timmy Smith takes a carry and breaks into the clear for a 58-yard touchdown. It's now 21-10 to Washington. 
Keep in mind that it would have been 14 to 13 if Carlos makes his kick. So the Broncos go three and out again. This one's very similar to their other three and out because Lang starts to drive with a three yard gain and then Elway throws incomplete on second down. But this time, though, Elway does complete on third down to receiver Steve Sewell. He catches it side of the first down. So they should have thrown that ball beyond the first down marker, but they didn't. So now they got a punt. I wonder if today's, in today's day and age of analytics, maybe the Broncos would have gone for it on fourth and one with their entire team collapsing. I mean, everything's, uh, you know, completely collapsing around them. Uh, probably in today's age, they just go for it and, take the gamble, but instead, in this case, Washington gets the ball back at their own 40 after the punt. This drive lasts only slightly longer than the last one. Williams throws one that should have been picked off by Haynes, but he lets the ball bounce off his hands. Not quite as bad as the drop that happened in the next Super Bowl, Super Bowl 23, by a Bengal player. We might get to that in the future. But it was a bad drop. And uh, Williams then follows that by hitting Sanders for a first down. And now he launches the long bomb to Williams down the right sideline. 50-yard touchdown. And this time it's defensive back Tony Lilly getting beat. It's 28-10. And Washington now holds the record for the most points scored in a quarter in Super Bowl history. Only problem is, quarter's not over yet. Now, Winder runs for gains of 13 and 6 yards, and it looks like Denver might have something going, but then Elway throws a long pass that gets picked off by defensive back Barry Wilburn. But even now, the Washington Redskins seem content to just run out the clock as they're giving the ball to Timmy Smith up the middle. But here's the problem. Timmy Smith breaks one open on the second carry of his drive, and suddenly he's all the way down to the Denver 35. So now the Redskins have gone from running out the clock to running up the score. Williams has one go off Warren's hands for an incompletion, but then he hits Sanders on the next two plays for gains of 22 and 7 yards. And that that puts Sanders over the Super Bowl record for receiving yards with 177. And keep in mind, we're still in the first half. Bryant runs it. He gets stopped for a loss. But then Williams lofts one to the left corner of the end zone, finds tight end Clint Didier. It's an eight-yard touchdown, and all the records are going down now. Williams has four touchdowns in the first half of the Super Bowl, tying Terry Bradshaw's all-time record, and he'd go on to set the record for most passing yards in the Super Bowl. The Redskins break the record for most points in a single quarter in any playoff game. The records were for the AFL record was set by the Raiders in 1969. They had 28. The Giants had the NFL record back in 1934 with 27, but now the Redskins have 35. 
Now, just for kicks, Elway throws one more interception to defensive back Brian Davis with only a few seconds left. Williams takes a knee instead of throwing another bomb that probably would have gone for a touchdown, knowing the way things were going. Uh, Redskins are up at halftime, 35-10, to 10, in what ABC announcer Dan Deerdorf called the most remarkable quarter of football that we've seen all season. Actually, it was probably the most remarkable quarter of football by one team ever. It may not be the most points in a quarter ever. That record, I believe, is 41 points. But it came in the Super Bowl with the Redskins trailing by 10 and thus making the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. Seems silly that to say that the 1987 Redskins had the biggest comeback in the first 50 years of the Super Bowl, but it's true. Only the Saints of Super Bowl 44 and the Patriots of Super Bowl 49 tied it. So that's the whole quarter. Redskins went on to win the game 42 to 10. Timmy Smith went on to break the all-time rec- rushing record. Doug Williams went on to win game MVP. And the Broncos went on to lose another Super Bowl two years later, even worse than this one. We may never see another corner of the Super Bowl where one team outscores the other by 35 points. What a quarter. So, we come to end this episode, and if you're interested in being interviewed about a specific Super Bowl, feel free to reach out to me at PackersFootball3.com or tweet me at Tommy A. Phillips. You can also find all my books at TommyAPhillips.com. Until next time, this is Tommy A. Phillips, signing off. So long. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.